we spent from September all the way through December talking about living like royalty. Talking about what it means to be a son and daughter of Almighty God and what that means and what's like in our life and, 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 and how we should be living as royalty. You know, there's, there's an interesting thing that I've discovered as I've studied just for history. And, and if you know me very much, you know I love history. But here's an interesting thing I've discovered. And that is, never does a son or daughter that's born to royalty, does anyone have to convince them they're royalty? And they, they just know that. And, and from their earliest days... I mean, from the time they were little infants, they've heard that they were royalty, and this is how royalty lives. And, and, they, and they grow up learning to live like royalty and expecting to be treated like royalty. And they, and they understand the authority that they have as royalty. You know? Amen? And, and we talked about that. But now that we know that we're royalty... What is our responsibility inside the kingdom of God? If, if we are sons and daughters of the king, what is our responsibility in the kingdom of God? Amen? And, and that's what we have been studying about. And here's the unique thing. Our kingdom, the kingdom of God, is like no other kingdom on planet earth. And can we pause just a moment? Okay, commercial time. You ready? Stop. Commercial. Okay. This isn't the time to run to the refrigerator. Hold on. Commercial. I just realized I did not print you out a script. <laughs> so you don't have a clue where I'm going. I'll try, I'll try to tell you when to go to the next slide, okay? Please forgive me. Okay? Church family, will you please forgive me that I forgot to give her a script? Okay? okay. And, and so if she, if, if she doesn't go to the right slide this morning, you can just in your mind go, bless his heart. <laughs> just, just bless his heart. He can't help it. He's getting old. Bless his heart. He can't help it. <laughs> okay. Next slide, please. <laughs> okay. Father, teach us today. Teach us from your word. Speak to us, Father. I'm asking in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit will speak to us and teach us from your word. Amen. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, 1 to 7, it describes our king. Because one of the things that, that so distinguishes our kingdom from every other kingdom that's ever been on planet earth is the nature of our king. His nature, his character. See, our king is almighty and all-powerful. His name is above every other royal name that's ever been on planet earth. In fact, at his name, every knee of every royalty that's ever been on earth will bow and say, you are Lord. Amen. Okay. But not only that, look at the characteristics about our king. He brings light into darkness. He brings bounty into our life. Instead of taking all of our wealth to make himself bountiful, he makes us bounty. Right? Look, the, he fills us with joy. He lifts our burdens. He delivers us from oppression. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and his peace will never end. 
So that, that, those days when you're feeling so anxious, when you're feeling so hopeless, when, when there's so much worry and anxiety filling your life, stop and just say, Father, your peace never ends. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your peace. Amen? Hey, you're royalty. You don't have to live, thank you. You don't have to live in anxiety and worry and fear. You're royalty. Come on. You have the peace of God. Oh, but I can't see how it's going to work out. Of course you can't. Because you can't see into tomorrow. But hallelujah, your king can. So just rest in his peace. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. Amen? Getting ahead of myself here a little bit. But still was good, huh? Let's go to the next slide. So last week in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, we learned something about our king. Because one of the things that we discovered about our king is he is, he is a king of love. As we're going to see next week, his whole kingdom is built in love. Our king is a king of love. And because he is a king of love, he came looking for a bride. And he left heaven and he came to earth to look for a bride. And one of the analogies about the churches were the bride of Christ. Now, isn't that kind of funny? Because we're sons and daughters of God, right? We're adopted into the family of God. Say amen. amen. Hey, but we're his bride. There's some very interesting analogies. And the reason God gives us these analogies is because his love is so great and so extreme and it is so beyond our human experience that God has given to us analogies so that we can begin to understand his love. He loves us as a son and daughter. But you know what? If you've never had a father in your life, or if your father was abusive, or your father abandoned you, and you're trying to understand the love of your heavenly father, that's a bit of a stretch. Amen? But on the other hand, when you say, but he loves you like a groom loves. Ooh, now maybe you can begin grabbing that, huh? Now maybe you can take a hold of it. But we're the bride of Christ. And so Jesus gave us this entire parable in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 14 that we looked at last week about not only are we engaged to Jesus, but he's coming to get us to take us to the wedding ceremony. And the wedding ceremony is going to be in heaven. And it's going to last for seven years. Now you think you think we have amazing wedding receptions here. Wait till you get to heaven and you sit down and at that wedding ceremony that lasts for seven years. Now Juan and I went to a wedding ceremony in Croatia that felt like it lasted seven years. <laughs> when they do a wedding ceremony, they do a wedding ceremony. I mean, it starts at like 6, 7 in the evening, and at 2 in the morning, it's still going strong. In fact, they really, they want it to last all night long. And if you know me very well, 
I start sliding off the edge about 9, 9.30. And it's 1 o'clock in the morning and they're still dancing. <laughs> you get it, don't you? Now, I want you to know the seven-year wedding ceremony in heaven won't be like that. We will, we will not have a moment that we kind of go, Oh, is this going to get over, please? That never happened. Not in heaven. Amen. And so Jesus talks about this wedding ceremony, and he talks about that there are five wise and five foolish that are invited to this wedding ceremony. And you want to be among the five wise, not the five foolish. Amen? And he gives us this whole thing. And he says, if, but if we're, gonna, if we're gonna be ready, we've gotta, we gotta be prepared. We gotta live ready. Because here's the, here's, here's the interesting thing. The more romantic the groom, the closer to the midnight hour he waits to come get his bride. And can you imagine that? A wedding ceremony that doesn't even start till midnight. <laughs> okay, that's kind of amazing. And so he says, you don't know the day or the hour, so get ready. And the second thing is that we got to live watchful. we got to be alert so the enemy doesn't take us by surprise. And then Jesus says, you want to be wise. You want to be among the wise. You want to be among the really, really wise. And Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, talks about how we can be among the wise. He said that through wisdom and knowledge... We secure our salvation with the fear of the Lord. And so how does that work? Well, knowledge is where we learn the precepts and the principles of God's word. We put that knowledge in our mind. We put that knowledge in our mind. We learn the Word of God. That's why it's so important that you study the Word of God every day. Because you've got to put the principles and precepts in your mind. But it's not enough just to have it up here in your thinker. So many people know, I know God loves me. I know God loves me. Well, have you experienced His love lately? Well, I know God loves me. No, 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 I didn't ask you that. Have you experienced God's love lately? Come on, amen. Now we're talking about moving it from the mind into the heart so we understand the concepts of Almighty God. It's not enough just to know the principles. You've got to know the concepts that go with those principles. That is where Scripture talks about that Israel saw the mighty acts of God, but God revealed to Moses his ways. So we take it from just intellect to the heart and we begin learning the ways of God. That's understanding. But then when we have knowledge and we have understanding, now when we're looking at a concept, when we're looking at, or rather a a circumstance, we're looking at a situation. Those of you that raised your hand a little bit ago, I've been going through a painful place. I've been going through a hard place. I've been going through difficulty. I've been going through circumstances. Hey, reality is there's not a person in the room that doesn't do that, right? That's a part of living. That's why Jesus said, in this world, you will have offenses. Oh, thank you for that promise. And he wasn't giving us a promise. He was just saying, that's reality. When you have sinful human beings, sinful human beings do sinful things, right? Yeah, they, they text and drive and run red lights and hit your car and total your car. And I know that one from experience. They get drunk and they do 
in silly things, stupid things. They, they, it just, come on. Sinful human beings do sinful things. And even sometimes we Christians, we give in to our carnality and we do something really dumb. We say something really stupid. You know, don't you wish that there were times that you could just reach out real quick and grab those words and stuff them right back in? That must be why David said, put a muzzle over my mouth, Lord. Did you know he said that in one of his psalms? Please put a muzzle. Will you just put a muzzle on this mouth? (laughs) Ever had days like that? Okay. I am worse than my dog right now. Just put a muzzle. (laughs) I'm going to bite everybody that comes near me. (laughs) Okay. No. Oh, you have never been there? Oh, wait, it's coming. <laughs> oh, dear. I better take a drink right now because it. <laughs> We're still in the introduction to my sermon. We may have to finish this next week, folks. Live with wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to see a situation from God's perspective. Listen, from God's perspective and understanding how to handle it God's way. How many want to be a wise inviter to the, to the wedding? You've got your invitation you received your invitation. When you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you were born again by the Holy Spirit, you received your invitation to the wedding ceremony. You're invited. But be wise. And be alert. And be ready. And one of the keys to that is the fear of the Lord. Go to the next slide for me. The fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It all starts there. Well, what's the fear of the Lord? Right here, say it with me, would you? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverse mouth. I hate. Hate evil. Stop entertaining yourself with evil. Can I, can I nitpick a little bit here for a moment, please? Folks, 90% of the sitcoms that are being put on television today celebrate evil. It might be a good idea to change your viewing. Okay? I I didn't make that a law and say we're going to be legalistic. I'm not going to be the television Gestapo. I'm just making what I think is a really, really good suggestion into your life right now. Let me tell you something further. Almighty God gave us 10 commandments. Not 10 good ideas, not 10 suggestions, not 10 thoughts you might want to think about. 10 commandments. And those 10 commandments were to help us to understand how to hate what he hates. So that we can love what God loves. And to help us with that, he gave us Proverbs chapter 6, where he said, 
Six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. It would be a really good idea for you to go there and learn those so that you can know what to hate, what he hates, so you can have the fear of the Lord in your heart. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, now listen. If this, if God, if our king loves us so much, he's invited us to this wedding ceremony and he wants us to be ready and he wants us to make it. He wants us to get there because he loves us so much. There's something about love that you need to understand. Get ready. You ready? Get ready. You ready? Love requires faithfulness. Love can't work without faithfulness. I want to say it again. Love cannot work without faithfulness. If if we're going to be wise and we're going to be ready and we're going to make it into the wedding ceremony, true love is faithful. And so, right in this same chapter, chapter 25, in verse 15, Jesus picks up another parable to teach us about faithfulness. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a landowner that went on a long journey. Stop. He's going to talk to us about faithfulness. But he, he, he did that in another place, in Luke chapter 10, excuse me, in Luke chapter 16, verses 10 to 12. He talks about faithfulness. He that's faithful in a little thing will be faithful in much. He that's faithful in unrighteous mammon. Okay. How many of us know what unrighteous mammon is? Okay. We might know what unrighteousness is, but what in the world is mammon? I don't have any mammon. What is mammon? Okay. Listen. It's it. Say this with me. Money. Okay. So what he's saying is, is like this. He that's faithful in the way he handles his finances will be given the true riches of the kingdom. He that's faithful in that which is in others will receive his own. So he gives us three areas of faithfulness that we're going to be, that, that we're accountable for on the kingdom. Are we faithful in doing the little things? Are we faithful in the way we handle our money? And are we faithful in how we handle that which belongs to somebody else? Another way of saying that, are you faithful in helping your supervisor succeed? Are you faithful in helping your business owner be successful? Are you faithful in helping those around you? Are you faithful in that which belongs to somebody else? If you borrow somebody's tool and you break it, don't take it back. Oh, sorry about that. Thank you. If you borrow somebody's car, don't take it back on empty. Take it back full. If you break it, take him back a new one. Come on, faithful in that which is another man's. Boy, it got really quiet right there, didn't it? What happened to the amens? (laughs) Oh, faithful. We got to be faithful. Love is faithful. Love is faithful. But listen, in each of the faithfulness, did you, did you recognize he gave a reward? If you're faithful in other things, you get much. So I want to say to you, if you're wanting a lot of God's blessings, but you only read the Bible when you feel like maybe you should. You know, I read the Bible once or twice a week. Are you kidding? How many times do you eat a week? 
Oh, we better stop right there. I'll leave that alone. Come on. Okay? Faithful in the little things. How faithful are you in coming to church? Faithful in the little things. How faithful are you in prayer? Faithful in the little things. Are you faithful in tithe and offering? Faithful, you you want more of God's blessings. He says, if you're faithful in the little things, you get much. Then he said, if you're faithful in the way you handle your money. Do do you you pay your bills on time? Do, Do you manage your money well? Do you live by a budget? What's that? (laughs) Michelle, raise your hand. You might want to go to the Financial Peace University this this Wednesday night. Okay? Okay. Listen, listen, faithful, because he says, if you want the true riches of the kingdom, you got to be faithful in the way you handle your money. Okay? If you want the true riches. And, and I, don't you? I want the true. What are the true riches? Listen, the true riches is the ability to really touch someone's life with the grace and the power of Almighty God. Listen, the greatest thing in all the world is when you get to bring somebody the grace of God and the love of God and you watch it change their life. I don't do that because I'm a preacher. I do that because I'm a child of the king. I was doing that long before I became a preacher. In fact, one of the guys in the Air Force said, watch out for Dean. He will witness to anything that stands still long enough. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Before we were married, I used to drag Wanda out going door to door with me. It scared her to death. I'm out there having fun. She is terrorized. But she went along. <laughs> Guys, listen. Because the most wonderful thing, Pastor Dave, in all the world, is when I get to pray with someone, I watch God touch their heart and life. And you go, well, yeah, you're the pastor, you can do that. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. I'm a child of God, so I can do that just like you. And there's nothing more. That's the true riches, guys. That's the true riches. And he said, I'm going to give you a reward because if you're faithful in that which belongs to someone else, you get to have your own. I cannot tell you how many people have asked me, how in the world did you get in the ministry at 19 years old? How did that happen? Wanda and I, Wanda and I were pastoring our first church. Was she 19, 19? She was 19 and I was 22. We're pastoring our first church. We didn't know nothing about nothing. We thought we did. But truth is, when I look back at my sermons during that time, I had three sermons. Get saved, get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is coming. It didn't matter where I went in the Bible. It was one of those three sermons. Because that's all I knew. Sometimes I'd try to preach all three in one sermon. That got really long. But you know what? We, how, did you, how did that happen? Because our heart literally was, how can we help Pastor Murphy? Be, and so we were doing everything. And we were there all the time. 
I was sweeping floors. I was cleaning up. He asked me one time, he said, listen, he said, I need to get light switches in this room. Will you put them? Sure, I can do that. Never done that in my life. I hooked them all up. None of them worked. (laughs) Don't have me come do your electrical. And by the way, don't have me come build a building for you either. If I built a doghouse for you, it'd fall down and kill your dog. But I know people that can. I can help you there. I can help you that way. Okay. <laughs> but we just what what was needed, and it was the same way. We we were we were young. We were we were in our first year of marriage, and and the overseer, the the bishop of Montana, called us and said, "Hey, listen, I, I need I need a pastor to fill. We go fill in there. Sure, I'd go fill in there." He said one time, says, "Listen, I, the church had brought us. The, the pastor's come. They need somebody. Will you go? Sure, five hundred and twenty-five miles one way. We drove all the way there on a Sunday to preach to one person. But we had a three hundred percent church growth in one week because we went back the next week and there were three. <laughs> we had a we had a mega church going on, baby. It was awesome. Three hundred percent increase in a single week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a five dollar offering. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> so fun! But listen, that's that's how we were faithful in that which belonged to someone else. We just wanted we just wanted to help God's kingdom go forward, and that's what that's what makes the kingdom of God go forward is faithfulness. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at